All right, so let's jump back to your at Planned Parenthood, oh, yes. and they give you the packet, and the, the thing you were surprised about was that it was not just physical. Mm-hmm. And like in my research, they actually talked about it in waves, that there's like the first wave change is physical. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like immediate body changes that happen when you start taking mm-hmm. like the testosterone. And then the second change is like usually emotional, mm-hmm. like a, like you're almost like going through like a second puberty. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's in exactly a lot of ways. Like. And like, you know, you're like the way you process emotions and feelings are different. And like a lot of like mm-hmm. all that changes. And then the third ch- like impact and the third wave is like sexual changes. And that they're like, you've noticed a lot of differences in that. They said that like, um, like your libido changes and that your focus just from what like the very little reading I did Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the focus switches almost to like more of a whole body experience instead of like a genital experience like a localized experience it becomes like orgasms become more like all over Mm -hmm. like full body experiences Mm -hmm. so Uh, it sounds like there are waves and maybe that does need to be explained better when people are getting access to these like processes like do you think it would have been beneficial for you if you'd known i wish i'd have read that <laughs> you should have <laughs> i yeah, <laughs> should have googled yeah, where that link was um because i like one of the things that oh I was... shit there's also a fourth impact which is the reproductive system which is just like your periods will change oh i haven't had a period in years yeah it says that it'll become lighter arrive later and then eventually will stop and that your chance of pregnancy becomes like extremely less mm-hmm I have a question about periods. When you first started um, testosterone, did it like amplify cramps at all? I've always wondered that. Um, I don't think so. I don't remember that happening. I feel like it. I don't know why it would. But actually, I I had full body cramps. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily like menstrual cramps. Um, but it still happens now sometimes. And... I'm learning that I'm becoming more and more like my mom. I'm starting to blame everything on being dehydrated. <laughs> and so it might actually be that I'm not drinking enough water. And I You're like, I just need time. to drink some water. Um, but, it's like a Mexican mom being like, oh, just some Vaseline, honey. That's all mm-hmm. you need. But after I started transitioning, I think there was a certain level of anxiety that I didn't have before. And specifically when I would have like moments of really high stress, like, I have one moment in specific that I remember, and uh, I was at work, and we had a very strict, honestly stupid bathroom policy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not allowed to give the bathroom code to customers until after they made a purchase, which really I think was bullshit and was my manager being on high horse, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not the company policy anymore. <laughs> no, it was not the company policy It wasn't the company the policy then either. No, 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 no. It was not. It was just not the point mm-hmm. yeah um, <laughs> uh but we had a partner co-worker who had to tell a man that he could not have the bathroom code until after his purchase was made because that was our rule and this man lost his mind oh, God. he lost his shit he was yelling he was yelling in this and we were a tiny little cafe yelling in her face and I was the supervisor and so at that point I had to get involved 
And this man was at least four times my size. He was a very large, very muscular, not just like just a big dude. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty nose to nose and he was just screaming at me and I was honestly yelling right back that mm-hmm. he needed to get the fuck out. Yeah. But then I remember afterwards, I went behind the bar and my whole body just like, I say it seizes, but it's not in like a seizure type way. It's mm-hmm. just the, it's like everything contracts and I'm like, I yeah. can't move. Um, and it's happened, to, it, it happens, it happened to me yesterday, but it's the weirdest sensation. And I remember asking my, my doctors about it, my endo, endocrinologist, who is the hormone doctor um, that you will get if you're transitioning. And um, she said it was not a side effect of the testosterone, but it didn't happen to me before. So I don't really know how to explain that, I guess. It could be also like you're going through emotional changes. You're experiencing your emotions different because it sounds like like everyone thinks of like fight or flight, but there's also like freeze. Yeah. And it sounds like a very like extreme freeze. It, like a literal your like. muscles are freezing. Like the only other time I can think of it happening, this was so embarrassing. We took Bo, who is our dog, our big lovely tank. <laughs> <laughs> um, we took him to the dog park one time and he and another dog got in a fight and my legs locked and I literally fell right on my ass, like right in between these dogs. And Carly had to pull the dogs apart because like my, it was just like, yeah. And it's just for a moment, but it's a moment too long. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know. It's weird. You're also about to enter like a high stress job. I've been drinking more water. (laughs) Okay. So the problem is solved. It's it's certainly been helping. It's certainly been helping. Okay. Cause it was starting to happen, um, during our training and then, I have been like, we have to keep this like gallon container of water on us. And so now I try and like down one a day and it Mm. is significantly reduced. So that's good. I'm glad. Carly taught me to drink water because I made fun of her for having a 64 ounce water bottle. How big is yours now? At work. I have a 64 ounce water bottle now too. (laughs) And I laugh every time I drink out of it. Yeah. I have a normal size water bottle that I refill frequently. What is normal? Like a fucking I thought this was all like a hydro flag. Like <laughs> the only thing I honestly need is a straw. Like I have like a reusable straw in mine. Like oh, I cannot like drink from like a wide mouth container. I spill it all over my face. Yeah, like I can't even drink from a cup. Like I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> like, no, it's okay. That's fine. I'm sorry that you felt that I was judging your water bottle <laughs> size. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll forgive. So we were talking uh, about the waves i guess okay. like that there are like you know that there's the physical then the emotional and then the sexual and then the kind of the reproductive okay okay oh the cramps that's how okay. yeah then we then we got to cramps and yeah okay so this co- podcast is nothing if not stream of consciousness perfect <laughs> so there's that ADD. all right so <laughs> let's just like hop back you had left p- land parenthood mm-hmm. after signing Oh, yeah. The packet. Yes. Um, so I left there basically with a piece of paper saying, you have a prescription. Mm-hmm. So I left there. Uh, Carly and I left there. And then... They... Oh, Carly went with you to your appointment? Yes. Oh. Yes. She is truly an angel. I was about to say, what a sweet baby she angel. She is a sweet baby angel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has held my hand every step of the way. And um, that was one of them. Uh, so we left there and we went to, they sent my prescription to a pharmacy 
that I don't remember the name of, but it's over on J Street, mm-hmm. J and like 30th, right by the gas station there. Um, and I went and picked up my first prescription. And I think the only downside of going straight to Planned Parenthood and not going through um, my my medical care is through Kaiser. My mom mm-hmm. worked for Kaiser, and so I've always had really, really stellar medical care. Um, I've been like extremely privileged in that way, which I did not recognize until I turned 26, and now I have to pay for medical care. <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what this is, this thing that people are always talking yeah. about. I get it. But I had to pay for the first prescription and... Like learn. fully out of pocket? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Um, so that was the downside. It was, I believe, if I remember correctly, I got six months worth. Oh, that sounds like too much. Maybe it was three. You know, I don't know. I don't remember. But, but how much was it? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to say six because that sounds right. I okay. got six months worth and it was about $400. That is, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was going to be a much bigger number. Yeah. um, But that's still a lot of money to, like, have to pay out of pocket. Yeah. 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 If you had gone through your insurance, would they have covered it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, That was... Does work cover it? Like, being a siren slave? Does our medical... Yes, you can get Kaiser. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks has, like, yeah, like, extra, like trans options for healthcare, right? I have not had to use any of that, so okay. I don't have a ton of experience with it, but the first store that I transferred to, um, there was a trans woman who worked there, which was such a blessing because yeah. I was so new in my transition and even before I was working there I showed up to get my schedule and she recognized the little trans in me and asked me my pronouns and um, basically told me that if anyone ever made me uncomfortable to tell her and she'd fuck him up. And I was like, <laughs> thank you so much. I love you. Like, you don't even know me. And she was uh, such like, a... Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think we did, yes. Uh, but she was... Uh, it was wonderful to have. And she did use those benefits. Okay. Um, so I know that they exist and they're there for people. I just don't know exactly what mm-hmm. they entail. But I... So yeah, I went to that pharmacy, picked up my my testosterone, and then of course immediately went home and spent like an hour and a half trying to give myself my first shot, which eventually <laughs> I did, but mm-hmm. it you know took a good minute. And then because I had you know like a good supply, I didn't really have to think about anything else for a minute, just kind of week by week. And then I think another thing that I in retrospect wish would have been more clear was maybe it's just me but I always had the I've always kind of had the idea that okay well I'm taking a step back I throughout that process um dealt with a lot of depression Mm -hmm. and I think going through that um tied into the depression but maybe not as much as I thought I think there were other things, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just easy to be depressed sometimes. Um, and to be honest, even though Carly was always immensely supportive, uh, we did have struggles. I mean, we still do. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, a normal thing. But So there were just a lot of new things. We were living in a new place. Um, I wasn't as close to my family at that point because even though, like I said, my mom was accepting we were more distant than i had ever been and the same kind of applied for my siblings um so it was just a lot of 
things that were a bit overwhelming. And I did become very depressed, but not sad, if that makes sense. I didn't recognize for a long time that depression didn't just mean being sad. Yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't... It was almost like I felt nothing for a really long time. And so I, for a good period of time, was just very absent. And obviously, if if you're um, already having a difficult time in your relationship and then struggling on your own to be mentally present, um, it's just going to kind of make things worse, I guess. You know, it's certainly not going to help things. And so I guess one of the things that I don't want to say I was led to believe because I wasn't, but I always kind of thought like, oh, after this next thing, then things are going to get better. Oh, after we move to Sacramento, then we'll be around more people like me. Then I'll, I'll feel better. Oh, after I, after I start testosterone, like I'll, I'll be you know, I'll begin my transition, like, then I won't, I won't be depressed anymore. I'll be happy with who I am. Or, oh, after I, um, I didn't mention before, but I have had top surgery. So like, oh, after I have, you know, my top surgery and I'm not feeling anxious about my chest, like, then things will get better. That's not how that works. I think that's also like, pretty like normal for like people dealing with depression. It's easy to be like, oh, if just this one more thing happens, then Mm -hmm. everything will be okay. And everything will be fixed. Yes. And like trying to like, put it on outside forces instead of like looking inward and being like all right where is like this coming from exactly i am listening to an audiobook right now that has taught me that i am an externalizer and that is what we do (laughs) and so um, i'm learning um but i uh learned what reddit was around this time i had never (laughs) i had never fucked with reddit before every time i like tried to go on it it just confused me and i was like i don't reddit still confuses me i don't understand i finally figured it out i very much enjoy it (laughs) um but i was kind of it was one of the places um it was like reddit and tumblr were the two places where i could go and i would find a lot of um you know trans people content and the overwhelming majority of what I was finding were just like people who were so excited. They were like, I'm finally starting my transition. Like, I'm so happy now. Like, this depression can go away. Like, maybe not verbatim. That's mm-hmm. what they were saying. But it was the idea that I was painting that, like, as soon as I start this thing, everything is going to be better. And actually, the background on my phone right now says it best. Ooh. Look, these little possums. Aww. They're so cute and they're having a conversation. And one of them was sad. And it asks, it's like, I thought I was doing better. Why am I sad? And the other one answers that better is built from active choices and habits and you have to maintain better. And I keep that there to remind me that there's not ever going to be one thing Mm -hmm. that's going to make everything better. It has to be like a process every day. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not just like a magic key that's going to like unlock happy land. I thought it was testosterone. (laughs) And it has made a lot of things better. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I would have liked someone to say that. And maybe no one knew that I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, you know, I'm not blaming anyone for not saying that to me. But that was one of the things that looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have known that. Um, I probably would have approached things a little bit differently. Were um, you in counseling at all through this process? Like, or... I... Not as much as I should. When... 
Okay, so that was kind of where I was I was going. So oh, I was cool. dealing with the, the depression, and uh, eventually Carly and I had a conversation that resulted in us agreeing that it would probably be a good idea if I talked to someone. I was going through a lot of things that I didn't understand, and I clearly needed to talk to someone because I just wasn't coping in a way that was healthy or good. Um, and so I reached out to Kaiser because that is who I am with. And when I called, I, I believe I just said that, like, I'm transitioning and I'm struggling and, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time. And they have a, well, at least one, but I think a couple, um, therapists who specifically are there to work with the trans and queer community um, to kind of, like, they just have, like, a better idea and a better focus of what, we need that's awesome though yeah i'm no, glad i'm really glad that that resource exists yeah no me me too it was um it was very helpful um but then at the same time i almost think it would have been more beneficial if i had left out that i was trans mm. because did it become like hyper focused a little bit mm-hmm. it, it was that was less what i needed help with which i probably didn't know that then and I mean, I am sure that I did need someone who understood what I was going through mm-hmm. to an extent, but I didn't need to go just to talk about that. Um, and I mean, meeting with that therapist did result in me getting my top surgery. So like, I don't regret it Yeah, yeah. Um, at all. And I was able to talk to her about other things. At the time, she after a few conversations thought that I wasn't necessarily depressed, but I had ADD and that has symptoms that I was unaware of. Was this the first time someone had told you that you had ADD or had you been diagnosed like as a child? No. Oh, okay. So this is like your first time seeing that this could be. As a child, I'm like, who the fuck wasn't telling me? Yeah. (laughs) But... But no, this was the first it had been suggested to me. And honestly, I'm like, my mom cannot keep track of <laughs> shit to save her life. Mm-hmm. Neither can my grandma. They can't remember anything. It makes sense. Like, I, I see where I got it. Mm-hmm. But so then started, you know, taking medication for that. And I did feel like it helped with some things because I felt like a lot of the issues I was having um, kind of tied back into uh, like a really severe lack of motivation which I guess is a symptom of ADD that I didn't realize. Um, I just thought that meant I was depressed because mm-hmm. I recognized that symptom from depression. And then uh, being really forgetful because I would get really down on myself for forgetting things and it would cause me like a certain level of anxiety and then I'd get overwhelmed and then I'd feel depressed. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like this weird cycle. And so I did that for a while and continued to see that therapist for some time I kind of stopped seeing her after I had my top surgery. She also holds, I believe she still holds it, a group therapy for trans people. Um, and usually there's like a trans masculine. It's like on Wednesdays or something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the days wrong. So just warning. Um, and I'll look then, it up and put it in the show notes. Cool, cool. And then uh, like trans feminine on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And then like once every couple months, there's like a one for both, where people can just like come and mingle and hang out and like a trans social almost. Yes. And so I went to a few of those, but I think 
I have like the most privileged issue that someone can have. <laughs> That's how I feel about it anyways. It was really easy for me to pass very, mm-hmm. very early on because um, I'm tall and I already had semi-masculine features. I kind of, I definitely looked more like my father than my mom. And as far as my voice, it was not deep. It's not deep now, but like for a woman, it was deeper, Mm -hmm. I guess. And so I almost felt a little out of place there um, just because I felt like I was around these people who we're having these real struggles of not passing and being misgendered at work and being misgendered at home and being around all of these people who were not being supportive to them. And like, I really couldn't relate to that. That wasn't, I wasn't having those issues. Mm-hmm. I, I passed fairly easily and I was around people who respected and supported me. And so I just didn't feel right. I felt like I was just taking up a space that I shouldn't be, I guess. Um, so I stopped going to those, which I probably shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> um, it also feels like, I don't mean, this is might sound like an insult, but it's not, I swear. It feels like from knowing you, it feels very you to be like, oh, my problems aren't like big enough to seek help for them. Yeah. Like to be like, oh, my, my issues aren't, yeah, very on brand for Lindsay <laughs> to be like, oh, I, my pro like these people are having real problems. I'm just having like fake problems and I should like give people space so they can figure their stuff out. Yeah. Which I, makes you a very kind person, but also <laughs> like yeah. you're allowed to like do things to help yourself and I'm, your problems are real problems. I'm trying to learn to be able to take up space. Good. Yes. That, like I can, I can do that. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's a process. So I, for a while, was just taking medication for ADD, and then obviously, um, my hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that it it didn't necessarily fix it fixed some problems that I was having that was helping, but it did not fix the problem that I had originally sought a therapist for, and that was because I thought I was depressed. And so I, uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna try again. Mm-hmm. And I went to my physician, uh, primary my, care. My, thank you. Yeah. My regular doctor. And, uh, I talked to him and I just basically was like, I, I just don't, I, I felt like, um, I just wasn't, I, I felt numb, I think is mm-hmm. what I, how I explained it. And, um, like I would have these situations in my life these things happen where I'm like that should make me so happy and so I would like tell myself like you're happy like that should make you so happy you should be so excited and for a long time I masked that as being excited and like genuinely having the feelings I kind of things got very muddled Mm -hmm. you know I, I didn't understand what I was actually feeling as compared to like the thing that I should feel Mm -hmm. and so I I explained that to him and then I got prescribed some antidepressants, which I think have helped. That's good. Yeah. And I don't know if the... I do think a lot of that emotional change came through the transition. Because I had, I had dealt with depression before. It wasn't like a new mm-hmm. thing to me. But previously when I dealt with depression, it was like I was fucking sad. Like I was just like, you know crying Mm -hmm. and 
feeling things. It wasn't like this new type of depression, which was a little harder to understand where it was like feeling nothing. Because then it's almost like, well, there's not a problem. There's just nothing there. It feels like in a lot of ways you experienced like female depression and male depression, yeah, which are very different things. Yes, like- <laughs> they are. They are. And so it's hard to recognize it as the same thing mm-hmm. when I had already done it once. And I was like, well, this isn't what that was. Mm-hmm. This, this is a very different experience. But you'd butterflied. <laughs> I, I butterflied, yeah. Um, you were a whole different Lindsay at this point. Truly. And one of the wave of emotional changes, not even in a sad way, I used to cry all the time. Ooh, like, I cry every day. Exactly. I like, also cry every day. Yes. But I also meditate and do catharsis meditation every day, and that's when I cry every day. But yeah, like it's I would good. I think crying is important. Whatever. I would. There were so many commercials that would make me cry. Like so <laughs> many commercials that would make me cry. Gerber was, Life turns on, and then Life Alert, and you're like Subaru. What the dog? <laughs> like anything with dogs doesn't count. Exactly. Um, and I don't know when I started transitioning. I, I I don't know exactly how long it was. I want to say it was like over a year. I could not cry. Oh, really? I could not. I like thought I would never cry again, which made me want to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you couldn't. I could, yeah, yeah, but I couldn't. Um, and like, it wouldn't matter how I was feeling. It just like was a thing that was not happening. And then, oh gosh, I don't know how long it must have been in. I want to say it was like two years. I could be totally off. Who knows? But um, I think we were watching Queer Eye. <laughs> and I started crying and I milked it i was like these are the first tears i have had in so long i let myself cry so hard and like now i can't again a good hard cry is like so important see i am like i don't cry like it is it takes a lot to get me crying and um so that's kind of why i have to schedule them like Mm -hmm. because like otherwise like i won't cry like as a teenager like i would not cry and not cry and not cry and i'd be feeling all these complicated emotions because teenagers Mm -hmm. and then like something would happen where like my mom changed the shower head to a low pressure one and i just like sobbed (laughs) for like hours (laughs) and it was like it was like finally i just like the dam would break so now i just like schedule my crying time because like I'm not going to cry in the wild. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. I also do something similar with like Grey's Anatomy. Um, when I get home from work, if I've had a rough day, which is most days lately, I will turn on Grey's Anatomy and I will like just fall into this weird depression state where I will just silently sob on my couch. Sometimes ugly cry, but you know. You should come Sometimes over and do ugly catharsis meditation with me. Let's direct that crying you see i fell asleep during meditation last time yeah we'll do a more yelling meditation next time okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um and so there were definitely emotional changes also i would get which i feel like is the stereotypical thing like this was the one that i expected and was afraid of uh just like angry i would Mm. get angry over the stupidest things what a man i know (laughs) what a man And it did, it both helped and almost made it worse when I recognized that like this new anger was a side effect because it helped because it explained it, Mm -hmm. but it made it worse because it was like, I knew why it was happening and I couldn't turn it off. Mm -hmm. Testosterone rage is something that I don't even know how to describe. Like you just go from zero to 100 and it could be the simplest shit. 
Yes. Like David opening my Pinot Grigio one day. Yeah, like And that. I popped the fuck off. Yeah, like that. Um, and it's really hard to come back down. It is. It really is. That I think that is the thing that I've had to learn is it's okay to get angry, but what you do with that is really what matters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the same. I don't think anyone does. Um, but, you know, when you're upset, you're not making the same rational thought processes that you are um, otherwise. And so I've had to learn to that it's that if I'm feeling that way, it's okay to give myself the time um, that I don't have to respond right then. I can, you know, I can take a walk. I can walk the dogs. I can have a cigarette. I can do whatever I do not condone smoking cigarettes to wait, make yourself wait, feel better. Wait, but... <laughs> Firefighter Lindsay yeah, smoke we'll cigarettes. <laughs> no, we'll Lindsay, leave it in because please. this is Just real. Don't smoke in the forest, kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just like yeah, use ashtrays. Yes. Forest? <laughs> you know, uh uh Just in general. Don't American like building spirits on make these little composable bags that lock in smell and it's like a ziploc bag but it's tiny and you can put your cigarette butts in those there's also supposedly a brand that the um the cigarette butts have seeds in them so you could be like planting seeds when you litter but (laughs) but that doesn't help with the flame aspect i do keep planning to quit so same, don't smoke, dude. Kids. It's gross. <laughs> Just don't start. That's don't the moral start. of the that story. That is the easiest thing. Um, I am like the worst person to like talk about stuff like that because like I do not have an addictive personality. Oh, that must be nice. Uh, yeah. So like, <laughs> right? um, I can like just like be totally fine. Like not like. I tell people I don't drink and they're like, what? And I'm like, well, I like never liked it. Like, so I never did it anyway. So it was like not a big deal to stop. Cause like, I've had like maybe two cigarettes. I've gotten high like twice. I've gotten drunk like twice. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to do like any of these things ever again. Respect that. So I'm like, I'm like in that sense, I'm a little privileged where I can be like, don't do it. But it's like, (laughs) it was not a hard process for me to not do it. So, uh, you have anger outlets now. Or yes. you're learning how to have anger outlets. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing I'm learning is everything is a process. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That. You have to like stop and think on how you're going to react, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you got to slow down. Sometimes I'm better at than other times, you know, um, even though I'm learning doesn't mean I use what I'm learning every mm-hmm. time I should. What? You're um, not an expert? Uh, no. What? No, not, here. not me. No way. <laughs> You're um, an imperfect human being? I mean, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, Pure perfection. Yes, that's, that's me. Mary Poppins. Is there a place you want to, like, finish with this story? I don't know. No, that's what I was wondering. I was like, where am I going with this? Yeah, I was like, because I, I feel like we're up to, like, current Lindsay, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. The, the main thing I was trying to get at with that was not to expect transitioning to make everything better. Because uh, mm. I think that was that was kind of the idea that I had going into it. And um, it did make a lot of things better for me, I suppose. Or just more comfortable, mm-hmm. I guess is a better way to put it. It made me feel more comfortable. And I feel like me feeling more comfortable and more confident did help me to feel like I had more control over a lot of the things in my life and like the tools 
to make things better so it has certainly helped in a lot of ways but it wasn't a fix-all which is i think it was very naive of me but that is kind of what i thought Mm -hmm. at the time and so that is one of the i guess that was the point of that the big the the overall yes is there anything that you i guess you really covered that so never mind i was gonna say is there anything you really wish someone had like told you before you were transitioning, but I feel like you anyway, covered a lot of that. I will say one thing. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this in your research, but there is a certain amount of genital growth that happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's here, actually. It's like literally right here. Yeah. It's like on the page we're reading right now. Um, so everything changes downstairs. You get very dry in a way that as a female I had not experienced before. And... Was it, like, super uncomfortable at first? Yes. Yeah. It was terribly uncomfortable. I hated wearing underwear, but you couldn't not wear them. Um, because also, I do now refer to what was my clitoris as my, my dick. Like, that's just what I call it, because it kind of looks like a little dick. Things grow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Under. Um, and it, most of that growth probably started within the first month. And happened within the first probably six months. And as I'm sure everyone knows, that is a very sensitive area. (laughs) Very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And uh, with it doing that, it made everything hurt. I couldn't, like, wear underwear that had a seam in them, like, you know, near the the crotch. Because if that that touched me in a certain way, it was like... Oh, I need to go sit down now. Like yeah. a pinching sensation? Well, there's sort of. 8,000 nerve endings on the vulva, and there's 4,000 on the penis. Yeah. So, it was like, almost just like, I can imagine. Everything felt like someone was flicking me right in the bean. You yeah. Know? Like, and not in a good way. Not in the fun term, way. Like, <laughs> flicking the bean, but I, like, literally mean to cause harm. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was going to change, and I knew it was going to grow. I did not know it was going to hurt as much as it did um and that i was gonna have to learn to clean myself in new ways which sounds weird when i say it out loud but you know all little boys are taught to pull the skin back Mm -hmm. and that was never something that i had to do but with the way that things changed this was now a new experience for me that um i did not see coming um so i guess i wish someone would have gone over like cleanliness yes the proper hygiene and Mm -hmm. like ways to keep yourself clean and happy mm-hmm. trying to think if there were other things that... was there anything like with cleanliness that helped you the most like reading any article how did you go about or learning? how did you deal with the dryness did you like use like coconut oil like mm, no i didn't really i mean when i say dryness i guess i mean like um i was still open to the idea of like penetrative sex mm-hmm. and so just use lube oh so you just use lube yeah yeah yeah, just like um, because i know like people who like struggle with having like a dry vagina can like it can be like painful in like day-to-day life okay yeah i don't think i mean there are probably some times where momo tarot everyone momo tarot (laughs) not sponsored (laughs) but no i didn't I, i don't remember that being such an issue just it was like sexually there was like okay no natural lubrication yeah which still like that still just doesn't really happen mm-hmm. anymore 
If you want a good lube recommendation, Boy Butter. They use it for fisting, but it's like a uh, coconut-based one. Mm-hmm. So you can just use water and it will come right off after. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Any chemicals are like... No, it's super all natural. And then for a long time, since I guess I'm just going to go off on a tangent. No, tangent up. about sex. I didn't understand how sex was going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Because like it was already a bit of a source of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So it was already kind of a sore spot. Um, And then... Pun intended. Mm. (laughs) No, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) um but i didn't really know how to follow in with my transition there um because i mean obviously things changed but some things didn't um i have not had lower surgery bottom surgery um i don't think i will there's like it's not really that well researched is it I think if you if you look at where they are now, with because there there are um, two different types. I know more about like male to female because I watched that surgery for fun. Um, but oh my god! I, I think anything <laughs> medical is fascinating. Oh, I always want to like learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Remind me to never look at your like Instagram explore page. You shouldn't. Mrs. Angemi is one of my favorites. I still follow her. Yes. It, yeah, it's very interesting. Um. um but as for, like, female bottom surgery, can you, like, shed some light on what that would entail? Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Like female to male? Yeah, yeah. like what they do. Um, I never know how to say this, so I might say it incorrectly. That's okay. Uh, but I believe if I was going to get one, um, this is the one that I have considered, and it's medio- medioplasty, I believe is how you say it. And um, pretty much what they do is if you can imagine a vagina, there is a point where, um, like, your clitoral hood mm-hmm. meets the... Oh, I, I'm going to expose myself for how a few terms I know <laughs> about the vagina. That's okay. We'll just go with it. Yeah, but where, where it meets everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically what they would do is... Uh, brace yourself. They I'm clip ready. underneath that. And kind of make it to where it's not so attached, um, and it, it, and then they, you know, sew it up, and it makes it like a small, well, not small, but like it, it makes it, it, it makes it like a little penis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what they also do with that is they can redirect your um, urethra, your, mm-hmm. your, your urine track. You're right. Yeah. Don't doubt you, yourself. You're on it. Um, yeah, and so then, uh, which really is the largest draw for me because um, you can stand and piss mm-hmm. without the help of anything else, um, which would be nice. Without that, like, weird funnel thing. Yeah, yeah. That is what especially I have. Especially since you have such, like, a masculine career path. Yes. And especially if you're doing, like, Cal Fire and stuff where it's, like, a lot of, like, yes. men camping in the woods. Yes. <laughs> um, I yes. can see a benefit of being able to just, like, Stand up and pee. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be ideal. Um, so that is a very generalized, that's how they do that. And then the other option, if there are only two options, is ph- phalloplasty. And that is probably the one people see more um, because it is what winds up looking more like a cis man's genitals. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm less familiar with how that works because I'm less interested Interested, in it. yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I know that they, they take a large skin graft off of you, um, usually either like your thigh or your arm, and they uh, construct a penis, and they do it, oh, I really don't know exactly how, but in such a way that it kind of engulfs your, your current situation. That way you do still have... Uh... Sensitivity? Yes, exactly. If there's anyone in the audience who knows more about this, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah comment. comment. Yeah, yes. let us know. Um, Educate us. And then I think the the main, from what I've read, the main draw with that option is it looks more like a cis man and also um, the like penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. And so I know that um, you, I believe it's a, I think you have to go through like three or four phases of surgery with that one because the first one is just kind of attaching everything. Uh, the second one is they go back and they make it look more realistic. Mm -hmm. Like fine tuning it. Exactly. <laughs> it's an art. Exactly, yes. But the one thing that I found most interesting about that is um, with the medioplasty and like with me currently without having any surgery, you can, you do become hard, I guess, like naturally, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're aroused, there's like something that shows that. Um, but in that situation, they give you a pump that is located in the testicles and it allows you to like give yourself an erection. So it like pumps the blood to that area mm -hmm. to make it swell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I liked the idea of and also terrified me <laughs> you have to like, is it like attached to you constantly and you have to like click on a button or something like, it is how does uh, it work? one of the balls it's hmm. like like i believe it's like the actual like what is supposed to you know be a testicle like, like the testicle like the testicle would be cosmetic but also like a dual function in order to like help with the arousal process yes cool okay yes. and i, I think it, I, I think that's it actually air. fascinating yeah right yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me i thought it was really really interesting that they like thought of all of that yeah like, yeah oh, good job but i think the thing that puts me off most about that option is if you look at the results now and you compare them to the results 10 years ago it's such a new surgery that they're still learning so much mm -hmm. and they're still advancing so much that i'm like i'm not in that much of a rush like I would rather wait and see where that goes or just not do it because mm -hmm. surgery hurts. Yeah. And I don't like... I've hurting. had two surgeries in my crotch area and it is not fun, no. let me tell you. I imagine <laughs> you were totally correct. <laughs> well, and that, and I, I don't... I don't hate my body, um, you know, which I think for a while led me to doubt that I was, like, valid as a trans person. Because uh, that's that's a thing that you hear and read a lot is different people mm -hmm. have this hate for their body that makes them feel really, really terrible. And um, like in some instances, people won't look at their body. And I never experienced that. Like, I mean, there was a point where I was over having boobs, you know, but I feel like at most it was just like. I was annoyed by them. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just didn't want to deal with it anymore because I was trying to present in a certain way and that having breasts, um, you know, it 
kind of throws people off if yeah. you're trying to, especially if I'm not trying to like make it clear that I'm a trans person. If I'm just mm-hmm. trying to be at work and identify as male and I either have to wear a binder, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. Or have a, have a boob. Yeah. Have boobs. <laughs> um, well, if you have a binder too, sometimes it's like a uniboob. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, my boobs weren't tiny, and so they weren't like the easiest to hide all of the time. Um, Honestly, I don't even like. I can't remember you with binding. I, I just, re- I don't have a memory of that. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and I met you before your top surgery. Yeah. I met Lindsay post top surgery, so I wouldn't know. But that's how you like. I guess, like, came out to me as we were, like, doing a trash run. You're like, when I had titties. And I was like, like, oh. Yeah, it's an easy way. Because people talk about titties enough that I can be like, oh, yeah, when I had titties. (laughs) It was perfect. It was so easy. Yeah. yeah. Great lead in. It was beautiful. Yeah. That's, it's one of my go-tos. I'd also, like, already, like, Insta-stalked. So I, like, already knew. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to, like, wait for him to tell me. Like, I didn't want to be like, so I saw on your Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Now, that is one of the weird things. It's like, especially when um, I become friends with someone, I want them to know. Because mm-hmm. if not, I feel like, not necessarily I'm hiding something, but it's like, it's such a big part of who yeah. I am that if we're friends, I just feel like you should know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also this weird thing where it's like, I don't know how to bring it up always without like feeling like I'm just trying to like shove it in your face you know where it's like i don't even you don't even have to respond like Mm -hmm. if you don't want to it's not even about that it's just like i just want you to know so you know and like that's it that can be the whole conversation like (laughs) just so you know and so i try to sneak it in in fun ways like Like that like used to having titties (laughs) (laughs) do you want to do the the question we're ready we're ready okay so are you ready be my beard question I'm going to ask you it. You can take some time to think before you respond mm-hmm. because we haven't been asking people before. We kind of like the raw answer. So here on Be My Beard, we always want to ask who or what helped you become comfortable with becoming the best version of yourself? Well, I will admit, I did already think about this because I listened <laughs> to the other episodes. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsay's a pod listener. I am. I am. And a fan. Yay. Yeah. Um, I think I've had a fair amount of beards that have just been like through different stages of my life, I guess. So it's kind of hard. I would say one of them for sure has been Carly. Mm-hmm. She's definitely helped me grow into my most authentic self. So certainly her. Also, I want to say I had two teachers my well one of them was my teacher my senior year and actually i guess she taught me at sierra college too i was waiting for this one in the photography department (laughs) um and another teacher who i had i swear eight times throughout high school because she taught a lot of the art classes and although i wasn't transitioning yet i was very that was the time when i was dealing with depression as a female and so i was very confused about a lot of things including my sexuality at that point and the two of them were very comforting and always just good to be around and always made me feel safe which I think is what I needed at that point I wasn't having like 
not to say there is like I, I wasn't in an abusive home life, but I wasn't having a very good home it life. It wasn't the most stable situation. Exactly, yes. And that included being at my father's house or or my mom's. And so I did feel a little weird because it was like I liked being at school because I knew what was going to happen there. And I knew that I was going to see these women there. And they were either just going to talk to me about art that day or about my life and make me feel that it was okay. And so I would say they were my beards also. Oh, teachers can be like literally lifesavers. Like there's, they can be so incredible. Oh, absolutely. Bringing like structure and stability. It's like, I yeah. wanted to be a teacher because of them mm-hmm. and I still do and I still will. But yeah, I would say, I would say them. Beautiful. Yeah. And I've actually always just loved older women, like not even in a, you know, sexual way or mm. anything. I, I just, thought that's like, where that was going, no, actually. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I feel like older women are a lot easier to get along with because, mm-hmm. like, they know themselves and they don't have time for bullshit, so they'll just tell it how it is. Exactly. And they're so much less problematic than mm-hmm. older men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like they... Older men are fucking opinionated as I know. shit. I know. And it's like... <laughs> that is one of the things I miss. I'm like, I don't like... Well... Not to say I don't like older men, but I like older women so much more. And I'm like, but I always want to be them. And so maybe I will. Who knows? Yeah. Sure. But yeah. I, I can't wait them. to be like, yeah, a 60 year old woman. Just like rocking my best hippie old lady life. Titties down to I your mean, knees. No, they're going to get, um, I'm going to get a reduction. They're not going to be here that much longer. <laughs> they won't be that far down. <laughs> I made a list of notes. Because I was really afraid that I would get here and it would be like every time I go to see my therapist where I'm like, I had so much to talk about and I don't remember any of it. Do you want to go over it really quick and see? I think most of it we we covered, but just in case. Izzy's pretty good at like guiding conversations when she's asking like our interviewees for talking points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I try to ask ahead of time so I can make sure we're like hitting those points. I think for a What the Fuck Friday, I'm going to talk about David and his cheese. Can we also just, like, talk about, uh, I know, like, you haven't really mentioned it, but I know other people, like, don't ask people about their genitals. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not appropriate. <laughs> like, just yeah. don't. Like, I don't care if they're trans or cis. Like, don't ask people about their genitals. Like, yeah. I might be, like, the worst person to ask about this, because <laughs> the thing is, is I don't care if you ask Yeah. Me. Um. But yeah, but not everybody's as comfortable as you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's that's what I'm. Lindsay is the person I would ask about stuff, but it's because like I am friends with him and I've like gotten to know him and I know that he would be totally chill if I was like, hey, this is going to come off not sounding great, but I'm doing my best because I want to educate myself. But like not everyone is going to be in a position where they can talk about things like that. Absolutely. And I think what is important if anyone is planning on asking anyone something like that is um, first read the situation mm-hmm. like know who you're asking don't ask a fucking stranger because that's stupid yeah and regardless of what your relationship is with that person approach the topic with some level of sensitivity because you don't know how they feel about it and honestly I feel perfectly fine about my body but if I felt like someone was asking me in a way where they were being insensitive, I would feel not considered, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way. 
like they weren't considering that that could be sensitive to me. And even though it's not, that would probably still piss me off. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you to Google it. Because um, you are capable of that. I think mm-hmm. people forget that they're capable of like looking things up on their own. Maybe not, you know, specifically what I have in my pants. Yeah. But, and then also that no one owes anyone an answer. Mm-hmm. No one, like, no one has to explain anything. Um, which I think is a thing that a lot of people feel for a while. I think there was a point where I felt exhausted because I felt obligated to educate people. Yeah. To educate people all the time. And I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And if you make me feel uncomfortable or make me feel like it's my duty to teach you something, I'm surely not going to. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, you know, you ask respectfully and you, really that I think that's all I ask is that you just be respectful then like personally I'll have whatever conversation with Mm -hmm. whomever but I think those are really good things to keep in mind and don't ask strangers because it's none of your fucking business I also think this is like important for like people who are like cis as well as trans but there is always that like it seems like as soon as somebody finds out that someone is trans that they're like oh I get to ask about your genitals like that's a free pass and like mm-hmm. I don't think that that's like that no that's it's not, not how that works it's like, not, that's not, like that's not. if you find out that someone is like transgender then you don't just get to be like oh well yeah tell it's me about your vagina like or tell me about your penis like it's not you don't get to ask really I think the only good reason to ask is if you're planning to fuck like truly like mm-hmm. i mean i can't think of another reason or if you're considering like or if you're thinking about transitioning as well oh, right? yeah, yeah yes. like looking yes. for advice yes, yes, yes. yeah um but as like a cis person and i mean i guess if you're good enough friends with that person and you're just curious but it's i don't know because we a, did just spend this entire podcast yeah, asking yeah, about yeah, your exactly. genitals but, but i came into it knowing that's what was yeah we had discussed this prior yes Wait, I have a question because mm-hmm. it says something else changes. Um, odors, sweat, Oops, and sorry. urine will change. Did you notice a difference in like the smell of pee? <laughs> I probably did. Honestly, yeah. I don't remember. Um, you said like all your smells changed. Like you as a just entire person mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. your smell. Yes. Um, did you that... become more smelly as a boy? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, isn't oh it gosh. awful? Yes, it's, like, it's <laughs> disgusting. I have to shower every day now. What's what's that all about? I don't get it. And then actually another thing, it was in my my notes Ooh, yeah, that I, right. I wanted to mention was um, I had kind of started to touch on it and then I, I'm sure I got distracted. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't when... So once I started transitioning, I didn't know where to go from there sexually. Mm. Um, and so there are a million and nine options, you know, Um that you can find on the internet. And one of the things that I started to find a bit, I don't know if discouraging is really the right word, but... Um, Overwhelming, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Well, I looked to porn a little bit, because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a good way to learn. I don't I don't know what... I don't know how this works. Like, I'm not sure... You know, it's, it's oh, a good I learn way. a lot about sex. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just like a, a good way to learn things. And also it's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, But there isn't a very wide representation of trans men having sex with women. Um, And I'm sure that's because the porn industry is like made for cis men. Mm -hmm. Um, So most of what you find is going to be 
trans men with other men, which I mean, that's perfectly all right. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to like shame that or anything. Yeah. It's, it's just not what you were looking for. Yes. And I think it also added this other layer of confusion um, because I was for the first time sexually becoming more comfortable, I guess, with myself. And the only representation I was really seeing was people like me with men and my partner is not a man. And so it, I, it, it was hard to differentiate what was attraction for a while with what was, I want to be that. Mm. And so that mixed with only this one type of sexual representation I mean, like I said, now I identify as pansexual and so I've like kind of figured that out, but it was very confusing and a little scary because I am in a relationship with a woman and it, all of a sudden I was like, is this not going to work because I'm a man now? Like, because mm-hmm. this is the only thing I'm seeing. And fortunately that was not the case. I, you know, figured it out, mm-hmm. but it was not a thing I expected because like I said, I had dated one boy before. And I mean, I had slept with a few boys before, but it was never satisfying. And I think I've learned that that is a combination of the fact that I was uncomfortable and that a lot of men don't know how to satisfy women. No, they do not. Yeah, And so um, I think that's also one of the privileges of being a trans man is I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know what you like. You're like, oh, <laughs> I know what women like. Being a gay guy, it's like, I know what I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just that... a very outspoken woman. Good for you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm really? like, this is what I want. Good, good. No way, you're <laughs> outspoken. Have you noticed? <laughs> um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was for any trans masculine people who might hear this, I have recently found a new type of online counseling that is free for trans men. And it is other trans men who... Um, counsel them and I don't think they're like licensed it's not like a like a like a medical professional mm-hmm. of any kind but it's just someone who's kind of gone through something similar um and it's called T-Buddy and uh I found that recently and reached out to it and liked it and actually um is this an app you said um or how, how did I don't you think it's an app it? I I I went to tbuddy.com Okay. And then... Um, we'll have it in the show notes. Yeah, and you, you make an appointment, and you can either do a phone call, or you can do text messaging, or you can do Skype. Um, I think those are the only three formats. I believe it's, like, based in New York, and so if you're in that area, um, you can probably meet with someone face-to-face, but otherwise it's just, like, digital media. Um, but I thought that was really cool. That is, I, that is cool. Yeah, I thought it was a nice thing, and so I was like, I want to make sure to tell you yeah. this. Yeah. We good? I think we're good. Cool. Go ahead. Thank our friend. Thank you for coming and talking to us and being so open yes. and vulnerable. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. We Talk appreciate it. I appreciate it. Would you like to be our next guest? Email us at bemybeardpodcast at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and let us know what you'd like to hear. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Theme by the marvelous Wayne Jetski. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Miles Mitchell, our lovely editor. All rights reserved. 
we would like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on this journey. Follow your heart. And be the best you can be. Thank <laughs> you.